Welcome back to the Game of Thrones Flashcast here on the TV Podcast. I'm Jason Snell, and I'm joined just by Monty Ashley this time. Mar- Brian Hamilton, our, our compatriot, graduated from college. Congratulations, Brian. <laughs> and, and happy birthday to you, Monty. Thank you, and happy Mother of Dragons Day to you, Jason. <laughs> you know, uh, did they plan on having like an <laughs> explanation of the mother and, and why mother's yeah. love is important on the episode that aired on Mother's Day? I guess they did. I hope so. I sure hope so. I like to picture them with a calendar going, all right, what lines up with what? Yeah. Do we have a July 4th episode? Ooh, does Arbor Day fall in our season? (laughs) What can we link up with? Are we airing an episode on Memorial Day or are we skipping that week like we do sometimes? I I don't know the answer to that. Maybe they can sync up with some uh, Silicon Valley episode where there's a hurricane that affects both episodes like ABC did that time. Yeah, that's great. What a great idea. Um, by great, I don't mean great. Anyway, uh, it, we did get a we did get some other some other uh, stuff in this episode, which was called Oathbreaker. Remember back when we used to try to understand what the um, episode title meant? Yeah. Um, I, I for the last few, it's been a, for a while. I, I thought a lot of them have been really obvious. I'm not entirely sure what this episode uh, title is about. Oh, I think it's about Jon Snow's decision right at the end of the episode. But, but, oh, yeah, okay. Well, we'll get, we'll, we'll get there when well, we talk you, about it then. You brought it up. Because <laughs> I feel like, I feel like there's a, uh, I don't know. I feel like there's a loophole there. There is. Kind of. <laughs> okay. Well, let's at the end, let's take, let's take it maybe chronologically, uh, because we, uh, oh, well, chronologically, Vias, uh, Dothrak is back in the opening. Yeah. With and that cool thing where it like tilts all like sideways, like the whole planet is kind of sideways as they fl- fly across. I thought that was really great. Yeah. And unlike a lot of the previous appearances of Vias Dothrak, they're actually in Vias Dothrak. Yeah. With like with giant horses. the horse statues and everything. Every good city in, uh, in this planet has uh, giant statues, I think. Well, that's how you know you're in a city. That's how you know you've made it as a city. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you erect the giant statue. Yeah, the first thing you do is a city council. So that's probably why that one city is so mad, because she knocked down their harpy. Yeah, absolutely. Now all the other cities are going to be cracking wise. Yeah, that's why That's why they don't like Daenerys in Marine, is because they lost their statue. I think that I think that might be it. Um, uh, But still, it was good to, good to see that. That's the first time since I, I uh, checked. First time since season two. Sounds when, right. When Daenerys ate a heart, I think. Uh, good times. <laughs> so, uh, Jon Snow is back. Did you know? Did you, do you remember? Oh, I think something like that happened. And I like, first of all, I liked how surprised Melisandre looked. Like, oh yeah. my God, that worked. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, everybody has the same questions we would. Like, so are you still Jon Snow? Yeah. Yeah, like everybody's checking in at the uh, later in the end. They ask, like, "Well, your eyes are brown, so maybe you're okay." Because there's, yeah. the, you know, people that we we have zombies here, right? That's the that's the comeback to life that happens up at the wall. But you you don't seem to be that guy. Yeah. Um. I I looked after we did our episode last week. Um. On Monday, I watched uh the scene in season three, I think it is, where Melisandre sees Thoros of Mir, um. And uh, and Beric Dondarrion and asks about the resurrection and how it happened and all of that, which was really interesting because the parallel is there. Absolutely. She's lost her she's or he's lost his faith. He he doesn't believe in the God, but his friend dies. So he 
uh, he says the right words and asks the red god to bring back his friend, and it and it works. And that's essentially what happens with Melisandre, right? She she has lost faith. She feels like she's you know she's questioning whether the red god even exists, and she says the words and says please, basically. Um, and and John is brought back. So that was really interesting. But not only that, but in this episode, the parallel is perfect. They ask Beric Dondarrion what he saw on the other side, and he says nothing. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens here with John. Like, tell yeah. us about heaven. And he's like, nope. <laughs> what exists after death? Or what ha- what happens between seasons? Yeah, nothing. A lot of theological arguments. You're in a good position to nothing. All right. Blackness. <laughs> emptiness. Yeah, so that was... Uh, and then uh, we get the Onion Knight, who's like, I, I need a second. And, and yeah. I-, I like that. I like that little uh, little conversation, which is not quite a... I mean, there's not a lot of talk, which is good because I feel like you got to give John a little bit of space. But he does say the Onion Knight does say that it's completely mad, <laughs> yeah, that this has happened, which is is good. And we also learn that uh, just because your pal came back from the dead doesn't mean you can't make fun of his physical attributes. Exactly. That's right. Well, which that's isn't that's what we're looking for here is dick jokes about the dead yeah. guy. <laughs> Uh, going into the episode, my girlfriend pointed out that there was no excuse not to have full frontal male nudity. Yeah. Because, you know, we have a dramatic, nearly full body shot of a dead naked guy. And I will just say, you understand it's freezing out there. Also, he was dead, which has to do something to your blood flow. Yeah, I think there's an argument for, a strong argument for shrinkage. Yeah. And so I think, I think we can't judge... John, if you want to judge him about that sort of thing, I do like I did like the line to hold off on burning my body for now, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's like a little sense of humor. You know, are you sure you're John Snow's making jokes? Are you sure you're really John Snow? Um, but uh, but he's he's ambulatory, he's moving, and don't worry, everybody, he gets back to moping in the corner soon enough. That's right, this is his so moment. Mopey. He he seems a little like uh, I imagine after you get resurrected, you're like a little logy, like his limbs are all kind of heavy, and he's kind of doesn't believe what he's seen. Although you know, making the point of like having having uh, survived your own murder, you know, you still have to live with the fact that you were murdered. <laughs> yeah, and you remember I, it. <laughs> yeah, his memory goes all the way up to being stabbed in the heart, which is interesting because you know normally. Even if you just get knocked out, you don't necessarily remember everything that happens up to it. Right. That's magic, man. It's magic. Yeah, man. That's uh, the, that red magic is uh, powerful stuff. Hey, Sam and Gilly. We got to see Sam and Gilly. <laughs> oh yeah. Remember they them? still? Like, yeah, yeah, they uh, they're alive, I guess. Yeah, Sam's barfing in a ship. Still kind of part of the story. Yeah, Gilly showing off how literate she is by saying that the words C and C are different, and therefore uh, they don't mean the same thing, which she she thought they did as a as a little girl. And they're going to Old Town, which we still haven't seen. And you can look up like where it is in the in the maps that come with the books. But it's like this, you know. He's supposed to st- Sam's supposed to study to be a maester, but um, but uh, instead. Uh, he says to her that there's no way she can stay there. So I guess they're going to see his parents. I don't know if the parents, are, I guess, are near Old Town or something. I do not have it in me to care about this plot at all. Yeah. Well, it's, they... it's sweet. Like, she says that he's the father of her son. And it's like, there's a touching moment or two in this. But that's it's about mostly, all. It's mostly just her yelling at him. Mm. Like, you said you'd go everywhere we did. So you have to take me with you. Yeah. I guess you can't uh, follow your dreams of being a meister then. 
Yeah, I, we've heard so many terrible things. I mean, speaking of the the mother themes here, right? He says, "Look, mm. my father is my father, but my mother's good. She'll take care of you." Um, and so that that's a nice moment of of the father may not be, you know. We we've heard how awful his father is, but he believes that the, the mother will take care of of Gilly and the baby. I'm not quite sure where Gilly yeah. and the baby fit into the grand scheme of how the uh, humans fight off the forces of coldness and darkness from north of the wall. But uh, I guess that remains to be seen. You know, it's okay for people to drop out of the show if they leave the main yeah. plot. Yeah. Well, I I think I mean I sort of read this as that though. Like I'm going to drop you guys off. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're going to go see my parents. And perhaps the next time we see Sam, just like Gilly and the baby aren't there anymore. And he's walking into Meister University on in Old Town. And it's like, well, drop them off. Everything's good. What's my uh, what's my schedule of classes? Well, give me a hey, give me the syllabus. Yeah, I guess Sam do, does still have to tell people about Dragon Glass until they listen and start making a whole bunch of it. Yeah. Yeah. And find all the Valyrian steel you can. Yeah. Yeah. All that's all that stuff. So maybe so, um, but uh, you know, I will probably see Gilly and the baby again. But I do feel like that that's the, you know, unless they get sidetracked or something, this is the the, uh, the drop off point. Like, because in the books, in the books, they have a different destination for her, and Sam does get to Old Town, and uh, and then we don't really know what happens beyond that in the in the books. So I I feel like this is their way of kind of taking it. They simplified the story, but they still need to kind of like park her somewhere. So maybe that's it. And we maybe get actually getting a glance of, of Sam's family might be kind of fun, right? Because <laughs> usually when you go to the wall, you never come back. And that might be kind of interesting. I don't know. It would be nice if his father was proud of him, wouldn't it? He, I Somehow I don't think that's going to happen. No, it's mm, not. No. Um, he'll probably say terrible, hurtful things like, you know, I thought yep. maybe those guys would whip you into shape, but obviously they haven't. Um, hey, so the next scene there's like a tower and there's all this countryside and you're like, where is this? I don't feel like I, this isn't any of the places we've been. And it turns out. Yeah, I didn't see that building in the opening credits at all. No. And it's Bran and the three eyed Raven are, uh, have flashed back to another point in Westerosi history. Um, in this case, back to during the early, or I guess the late days of the, of the, of the, the, pretenders war i think or robert's rebellion i guess they called yeah. it right where uh the the king uh, targaryen king is dead and they're at the tower and they're trying to find uh ned's sister who we saw a flashback of in the last episode so this is uh this is forwarding that a little bit more um where uh they and, and we see a big fight a big flashback fight between uh ned and his guys including mira's <laughs> dad and these two uh, knights who were supposedly, they're part of the King's Guard, but they weren't guarding the king. They were sent to the tower uh, to guard the tower. I, I liked the fight a lot. It was cool to look at. I didn't think they did a great job of fully explaining who everybody was. Yeah, other than that, Helen Reed is there. And well, that was the only way I knew who stabbed the other guy was. I guess that was Howland Reed because they mentioned his name real briefly before they got the fight going. Yeah, and he's the he's the. There is a moment in the fight where you're like, oh, he's he looks wounded, but maybe not dead, right? And then that's indeed he 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 gets back up and 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 uh, right, isn't that what happens? Yeah, yeah, and sneaky, and it gets him from the back. Yeah. So from from a plot standpoint, what we learn is that a 
Ned lied to his children about yeah. how he won that fight. He told a really awesome story that was not true. So we know that Ned Stark has told at least one lie <laughs> relating to this whole situation. Mm-hmm. And as I said again, apologies. This is this is rampant speculation <laughs> and probably true, although it might not be. But the rampant speculation is that this is leading up to a revelation. I just don't, I don't feel like this is a spoiler because I don't know if it's going to happen or not. And it's actually not in the books. It's only speculation. But forgive me for speculating again about what I already speculated on, which is it seems like what's going to be in the castle is Ned's sister with her baby. And she's going to be she's going to have the baby and be dying, I guess, in childbirth or 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 something like that. And this is where we find out Jon Snow is actually not Ned's bastard. It's it's Lyanna's baby by the Targaryen and that 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 she wasn't taken away in the previously. There's also, oh, she was taken away and raped. And it's like this is this is leading to that moment where we realize that's the story they tell because the Targaryens were on the bad side of this rebellion. But in reality, Ned's sister, uh, who was betrothed to uh, to Robert, right? Yeah. Um, Instead. Uh, runs off with the Targaryen prince because they are actually like in love or something and that Jon Snow is their baby. I think most of that is what's going to happen. I will say this is still Game of Thrones. She still could have been raped. It's true. It's true. I'd like to think not. I'd like to, I, I, I think, I think in the books, the people who've, who've analyzed like, you know, two yeah. sentences in, <laughs> in 5,000 pages suggest that there are, there are hints there that, um, that what really happened is that, uh, you know, they were, they were assigned to marry who they're supposed to marry for politics, but actually they ran off together and it precipitated a war. Because these two people wanted to follow their hearts instead of what their families wanted them to do. And wouldn't that be nice if Jon Snow was some awesome love child? But regardless, it, it you know, I, I think it'll be very interesting if we, the, the, the identity of Jon's, uh, Jon's parentage turns out to be uh, that he's the child of a Targaryen. Um, and so he and Daenerys are related. Yeah. Um, that that's that. See, everybody thinks that's what it is, and, and that probably is what it is. And the fact is that ninety nine percent of the people who watch this TV show are not listening to podcasts where we have this sort of speculation, and they'll be blown away in a week or two when it's discovered that John is actually a Targaryen. But uh, but you know, you heard it here, not even first. No. You <laughs> you heard it on the internet first. You heard it on the internet first. So there, every, yay! And with that out of the way, my favorite thing in that scene was Ned hearing Bran and yeah. Max von Sydow getting mad. Maybe because, he heard the wind. <laughs> yeah, but what if this... Like, You figure there's going to be several more of these mm-hmm. Raven-assisted flashbacks. <laughs> if we actually have a plot line where Bran changes the timeline because of this time travel and things just go completely crazy in that direction, I will be so happy. Yeah, I, I my guess is that it's more likely going to be that Bran is going to... I think the kind of time interference here would be he makes the things happen that already happened, not that things would change. But I guess. But but you know it is that was a cool moment. Like, uh, what are the rules here? Right? We we you know other than we we had that one flashback with Cersei where she gets told uh, the fa- you know her fate, her future. Uh, but you know, thanks to the Three Eyed Raven, we get these. Um, you know, we get to see all these other moments that are that are interesting, and that's that's pretty cool. But we don't know the rules, and then and then Bran shouts at at, at his dad, 
young version of his dad and his dad and turns around and yeah. doesn't see anything we see they have that, do that nice cut where they cut to the other angle of the, the other camera angle and there's nobody there even though we just saw from the previous angle that bran and the three-eyed raven are standing there they're astral projections or whatever they are um but he obviously heard something so yeah. there's some bleeding through from uh even though they're looking back through time and also bran has more control over the visions than i think he realizes yeah because the three-eyed raven wanted to end the vision but bran said no i want to go over here and see what's happening there so i feel like at some point he might be being shown one thing and then insist on going around the corner or something and seeing what he's not supposed to know. push a little too far yeah well time travel and game of thrones here we are that tree bigger on the inside that's all i'm saying (laughs) I, I actually the the line of the night for me might be you won't be an old man in a tree. <laughs> it's like don't don't worry. I, I feel like that's my, Max von Sydow's character is like literally like no 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 oh you thought you thought I was training you to be my replacement no 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 don't worry you don't have to get stuck in the tree like me I'm gonna send you off you got to learn everything which is a lot I get that but you won't be an old man in a tree so yay so eventually. You'll have Sam in one corner of the map knowing how to kill dragons. And you'll have Bran in the far other corner of the map, way past the wall, knowing everyone's secret parentage. Yes. And then they somehow have to tell everybody else what has happened. Yeah, something like that. Send some ravens? I don't know. Um, but but yeah, it's... it's. I feel... I mean, well... Do you feel like... Uh, the there seems to be more movement happening already here. I feel like that three episodes in, like they're 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 kicking it into gear a little bit. Like they realize they've got story to tell in in places that maybe were parked for a <laughs> long time. I thought so. I thought this was where something actually happened. Yeah, certainly with the wall, things are moving along now. Well, and they were so coy with uh, with the Liana stuff, right, for so long. And it's like, nope, we're going to tell you that. I mean, it's very clear now. They're going to tell us that story. Maybe as soon as next week, they're yeah. going to tell us. We've see, already seen two key pieces of information here. Uh, and so that that's, the, the, yeah, they're moving. They're moving and like, like doling out answers, I think. Um, but they're still teasing us a little bit, right? He's like, no, that's enough for today. <laughs> we will come back next week and tell you the rest of this story. We are very important, but as you have not been on the show for a year, we can only take up so much of people's yeah. screen time before they go, where's Tyrion? <laughs> exactly. Um, hey, so uh, so uh, as as you were hoping two weeks ago, uh, we got to see the old, uh, old Khaleesi's Club this yeah. week. Uh, there's a moment when they were walking in and everybody was in one clothing color and hair tone and Daenerys was completely opposite. And it re- really reminded me of a Far Side cartoon where there's this penguin singing, I gotta be me. No, okay. <laughs> I don't remember that, but look it up, everybody. You'll love it. All right. The Far Side. The Far Side. That's a good one. I've I've got the complete far side somewhere in this house. So somehow not as beloved as Calvin and Hobbes, but very good. Those are the two. Those are the two yeah. that I bought the bought the books of Calvin and Hobbes and the Far Side. <laughs> the only successful comic strip creators to just quit rather than keep going for eighty years. Yeah, and or or have general. their you know have lackeys yeah. do it and and drop in their name as if they did it. Jim, I'm looking at you, Jim Davis. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, so I guess this is technically not on topic, but it no, could be. It could, it could be. Old, so at the old uh, old wives club, uh, they obviously it's an it's a nice little turnaround. I mean, you know, this is going to happen. That it's going to be like that. They're not going to. I was hoping, you know, maybe they'd be like, yeah, we'll play Canasta. It'll be good. But instead, it's like uh, they, they rip off her clothes and they, they are kind of grumpy. And uh, she does her thing, which everybody, I, I thought it was good. Everybody rolls their eyes at that. Yeah. I am the mother of dragons. And all that. And she said, yeah, I thought I was cool, too. But yeah. now I'm old and this is how, this is how it goes. Right. And that she broke the rules by leaving. Here. So. Yeah, you don't get to brag about how you are the wife of the Great Call, A, when the Great Call is dead, and B, when you have been abandoning your wife of Great Call responsibilities in favor of attacking random cities. Yeah. You don't get to play Canasta with us, maybe. We don't even know. Also, I mean, just the moment that that the woman was so... um, Kind of world weary and kind of delightful. Where I, I, I really just got the sense from her. They're all speaking in Dothraki, but I really like that sort of like, lady, we're all the wives of the Great Call. Yeah, <laughs> like you do, what... you do not impress us. <laughs> this room was specifically built for wives of Great Calls. <laughs> That's right. All of us have ha- have a story to share. Now, you know, re- in reality, Daenerys being of you know no- nobility from Westeros and having dragons and being in a fire and not being burned, and she's got lots of, of assets. But and and you know, having like d- giving her baby in order to turn her husband into a, like a not quite right speaking of people being brought back from yeah. the dead right uh she's got stories to tell but they're not they're very skeptical of her right that and they, they say she has to be be tested so i i guess this is you know this is daenerys's story for a little bit is we're gonna have her be like checked out um and 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 uh, that'll be interesting to see how long that how long they they play that out where she's back with the uh, Dothraki because if there's one storyline that does feel that it is completely stalled it's hers it's not like there aren't things happening to her but I do feel like she's in a holding pattern like she's been told to circle the airport for a little while well honestly I've kind of felt like that about her since season, season two? one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like well, this whole time she has been off on her own plot line that could be completely removed from the story. Yeah. And when we finally had people from Westeros travel over and meet her, she leaves. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm frustrated by that. I, I, I would have liked to see Daenerys. I mean, I get her having setbacks, but it feels like several times she's just been had the reset button hit for her. That said, perhaps her being gone and having, this is the first time that she's had like a team like working in the city. And if they figure it all out, um, and that's the next scene, set of scenes here, but if they figure it all out and she gets back to Marine, that could be really interesting in showing that um, she needs to rely on these people who actually know what they're doing to help rule that she, you know, her kind of one woman approach could only get her so far but if they can competently like get rid of the 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 sons of the harpy and uh get the city kind of up and running again that's that's uh that's a lesson that she might come back and learn that might be good yeah but i would prefer seeing that play out as her like they can't solve it then she shows up and actually does some competent ruling. Oh, that would be good, right? The, what what do we need Daenerys for? And the answer is she shows up and they're like, oh, yeah, we actually do need you. We, yeah. we, we can't do this on our own. That's true. That would be fine. If Varys and Tyrion solve the problems on their own, 
Who needs well, her? Maybe, maybe one of them should be king. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. So speaking of which, Varys, he's fanning himself like a... <laughs> in s- full Sydney Green Street mode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my yeah. dad, sir. It's very hot in Marine. Oh, it's so hot. And and Varys is just his uh, his metabolism. It's just not good for that. <laughs> um, and they bring in they bring in Vala, I guess, who is one of the traitors, one of the people who was involved in like the machinations of the Sons of the Harpy and all of that. And uh, Varys has a talk with her. And she's like ready to be, all right, go ahead and torture me. And Varys, so smooth, right? Yeah. He's so smooth. He's like, no, 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 I'm not going to torture you. And, and you know, I, I'm worried about you and your son. She's like, aha, you're threatening my son. He's like, no, 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 I'm not threatening your son either. But, no, but if, I'm offering you something yeah. that you can have instead of me torturing right. and killing you. Right, because either I'm going to kill you or they're going to kill you. And your son's going to be screwed because your son's going to be alone and not have you to protect him. Or you can tell me what I need to know. And I'm going to send you on a boat to Pentos with your son at dawn and no one will know. And you can go live. And, 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 and here, this heavy bag of silver I have in the corner, I'll pay somebody (laughs) to carry that for you. One of my silver lackeys. Um, I I just like, I like seeing Varys, Varys in action. Like he's got, he's got a, he's got his plan. He's, he's getting to work. Yeah. Unlike say Daenerys or Cersei or Marjorie, when he's in trouble and he has to solve something, he doesn't just rest on saying, this is who I am, this is what I've done. He gets to work and he makes it happen. Yeah. No, it's it's very impressive. I mean, we saw him with his whole uh, network in place, which is referenced later uh, in uh, in King's Landing. But here, you know, you get the sense that he's setting, he's sort of getting up and running. But he knows how to, he knows how this stuff works, right? And, and, and this is stuff that Daenerys is usually really bad at. Yeah. Right. And he does a he does a very good job. It's nice to see Varys in action um, and know and, you know, know what his plan is here, where because back in King's Landing, it was always like, well, what, you know, who who is he really working for? What's he really up to? And here I feel like we're getting kind of the pure view of just Varys being very good at at uh, manipulating this uh, the city and the people in the city to get what needs to be done done. Yeah. And I certainly liked him more than Tyrion's scene, which was just him riffing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess the joke, I, I thought it was kind of funny, but not as funny as it should have been. I mean, the joke is that Missande and Grey Worm are not great conversationalists. and sure. And so he keeps trying to do things that are not awkward and all of them fail. <laughs> what should we talk about? Let's talk about patrol. I can tell you where we patrolled and all that. Or like, all right, how about a drinking game? Nope. They don't drink. All right. Maybe I'll just drink. I. <laughs> it, was, it, it was kind of funny, but I'm starting to feel the end of the series creeping up on us. Uh-huh. Like, it's not right away. It's a couple years out. But how much screen time do we have to wrap all this stuff up? I, I get... I, honestly, I got, a, I got the sense that they needed a scene in between Varys and Varys coming into this scene. They mm-hmm. needed a little bit of time. And they knew that Varys was coming in with information and that, you you know, it needed to be imparted to Tyrion and Missandei and Grey Worm. And so somebody said, huh, what? So those three people are in a room together. What are they talking about when what, while they're waiting? And somebody said, oh, well, that would be kind of funny. Right. And this is what we get, which is it's awkward and Tyrion's trying, but uh, they are really bad at this uh, conversationalist stuff with the stuff that he's good at drinking and talking. Yeah. And knowing things. Right. Um, anyway, yeah. It was not, not my favorite Tyrion scene, but I think they, they also feel like, uh, if I have to guess about the motivations, the you, you got some Tyrion, right? Because otherwise yeah. there's not a lot of Tyrion. You want to get I some like Tyrion. Tyrion. Yeah. And then uh, we learned that 
the source of the rebellion is the lords of all these other cities that Daenerys conquered and abandoned, which yeah. I'm glad that's coming back to bite her because that's uh-huh. sloppy work, lady. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I like the idea that um, and they feel almost relieved because it's like, oh, I get it. This is a plot to destabilize us from the outside. That's where the money's coming from. That's why people are motivated. That's that's a little bit better than if it was a purely like uh, mm. everybody here is funding this because they want to get rid of us. Um, and then we don't get any details, but there's the whole like, can we get, a, you know, let's get messages to the other cities, T- Tyrion says to Varys. And also it's funny because like Tyrion's like, finally, somebody I can talk to, Varys, let's, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's do that. And can you send, you know, can you get the, use your, use your birds and all of that, uh, which leads to a really interesting transition right where he says yeah. men i don't trust the birds i do and you're like well what wait a second uh, is varus really talking about birds does he talk <laughs> to birds and we cut to king's landing to this group of kids that uh Kyburn is talking to and we discover that uh lord uh that varus's uh varus's birds are kids that he pays off with candy yeah there is a line in the books where varus or somebody claims that Varys's birds are children who have had their tongues cut off and then been walled up inside castles. And I am pleased right. to see that that is either poetic language or just a lie. Yeah. Or we don't see those kids. Those kids are still in the walls. But well, it always uh, seemed impractical to me. Like, yeah. You have to feed those kids pretty regularly. But it's pretty brilliant. So he cultivates the kids and the yeah. kids are good spies and he gives them sweets and all of that. Um, uh, and so, so, uh, Kyburn is, 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 uh, gonna take over. He's decided to take over Varys's network. It seems like it's, he's let it lay there for a little bit, a little while, but no, he's got it up and running for Cersei's benefit. And, uh, the, the kids are afraid of, uh, of Sir Gregor. Logically. Cause he is a giant undead killing machine. And people are so prejudiced against giant undead killing machines yeah. these days. He's cool. He's, he understands enough. That was another line that I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> what does he understand? Yeah, it, enough. We tell him yeah. to kill things. He kills things. It's good. His head turn at Jamie was pure comedy. <laughs> um, and then uh, Jamie and Cersei uh, try to uh, crash the small council meeting. Well, uh, you skipped what Cersei wants to do with these spies, which is... Find out everybody that said anything bad about her or her family and then punish them. Everywhere. Everywhere. If people are talking bad about us in Dorne, I want their names. Putting putting them into service for Cersei, I thought, sort of covered that. She wants, but you're right, the scope of her desire is she just wants to hear about anything. If anybody makes a joke about me... At at the wall, I want to know, and <laughs> I want that guy punished. So they'll they'll talk to one of the children who's at the Night's Watch. I yeah yeah sure, good luck. Um, <laughs> so they they try to cash the crash the small council session. And it was that moment I I keep referring to her uncle Kevin, who's like totally in charge. Yeah. I, I I'm a little bit baffled here because we got the scene uh, with Tommen where where Tommen says uh, I you know I want you to 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 help me, um, but couldn't Tommen insist? Or, or is Kevin Lannister like his his uh, his ward, or her? You know, he's his ward. That uh, I'm not sure whether they can or not. Because I just figured that Tommen would put Cersei and Jaime in charge of being the king's uh, advisors, and instead we've got uh, Pycelle and Kevin Lannister and that other guy and um, and Marjorie's Lady Olena. Yeah, the exactly. Best. Yeah, it's good to see her back. 
Um, but but you know they basically come in and sit down, and the other people are like, "All right," and they leave. Well, <laughs> Kevin leaves, and the rest of them follow. I think a little reluctantly. Like, yeah, I, if Cersei gets Marjorie out of jail, then Olena will be happy to team up with her. Yeah, and like let bygones be bygones. Except that you're not queen because you yeah. are not married to the king. That was good. I, I do appreciate I this confusing. Is confusing for your family. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Cersei didn't even take offense at that. She's like, "Whatever, yes." And then turns her attention to Kevin and that idiot Grandmeister Pycelle. Yeah, I, I um, I do get the sense that everybody's got to leave some of their baggage behind. But at this point, they all have, they're kind of all on the same side, and they mm-hmm. all need to be rowing in the same direction. And it isn't quite happening yet. But given that, um. Everybody is motivated to get Marjorie out of out of uh, out of jail, and figure out a way to fight off the uh, the 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 Sparrow and his uh, his army of uh, guys in chains. That uh, that they need to work together. And uh, Kevin is a problem, right? I mean, he 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 has no he he has a very low opinion of Cersei and Jaime, and you know I would not be surprised if Kevin Lannister is not around uh, soon. Well, it sounds to me like uh, Cersei and Jamie have a plan where eventually someone gets to say the words trial by combat. Yeah. And then they send in the mountain to fight somebody. Yeah. Yeah, definitely so. It was good to see Lady Elena again. Uh, I assume we'll be seeing her some more now. Now that, now that I know that Diana Rigg was on set, it's like, all right, we'll get more of her. Cause she's yeah. really great. And she cares about what happens to Marge. So that's, you know, we're going to be getting more of that, I think. Is there any way we can have Max von Sydow and Diana Rigg in a scene? Oh, wouldn't that be nice? It would. I don't know how the characters would meet, but I would enjoy it. I don't think they could interact, but perhaps he could. Well, he could say something to her, and she'd be like, "Oh, oh, was that? That reminds me of uh, a voice I heard long ago." But he could lead Bran to a flashback of young, super hot Lady Olenna. Oh yeah, yeah, they could do that with computers now. <laughs> um, I just saw a young, super hot Robert Downey Jr. in a I, movie. Anything's possible. Anything is possible. Exactly right. Um, so funny scene. We were talking about the uh, religion of uh, of Westeros, and uh, was that last week or the week before? We were talking about religion in Westeros, and that we get a really interesting bit of perspective uh, from the High Sparrow about how he views. Um, religion and i i tend to take him at his word about some of this stuff i mean he he may be a uh, uh a madman in some ways or at least he's a a guy with it with some very specific designs uh on 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 power and on what he wants to do but you know i kind of believe him when he professes things about faith because i feel like that's his that's his bag that's what he that's what he does and so he sits down with with Toman. And they have this conversation, and this is our our big Mother's Day moment too. It's like you're the king, the the crown and the faith are are, are the twin pillars of the world. Your mother said that, <laughs> which is his way of saying it's you right. are one of the pillars of the world. I represent the other. Yeah. You don't outrank me, young man. Yeah, we're we are both uh, we're both big shots here. Yeah. Um, but there's that like you sense the mother. So the mother is one of the what nine. Gods, the nine aspects, seven, seven, probably. seven, yeah, the seven aspects. I didn't, I failed Westeros religion. Uh, one of the seven aspects of God uh, the, is the mother, 
and uh, he says a mother's love is pure. It doesn't come from this world. It is the 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 mother uh, speaking through uh, people's mothers. Um, and so a nice little Mother's Day message, but also to Toman, like what what it's an interesting way for the High Sparrow to almost like subvert Toman's love for his mother and make it work for him because he's basically saying, you know, when you you see your mother looking at you and and she says she'll do anything for you, that is my you know that is the mother, that is what I've been talking about about my religion. That's that's what it is, and and that's that's all the God. All the gods are are speaking through there, and I it's interesting, and I I, I do wonder. Uh, what this scene means in terms of like Toman's view of the High Sparrow. Yeah, he's a fanatic, but I think he's definitely a sincere fanatic. Yeah, and he keeps insisting this isn't what I want. Yeah, the gods, the gods yeah. are telling me to do this. If we are to be just and good, he says. Right? I mean, yeah, it's the like part no- to be wor- the part to be worried about is when he says the gods make their wishes clear. And then we act on them. Yeah. And especially in the world of Game of Thrones, where there are several different competing theologies, mm-hmm. I think it's dangerous to say, well, the gods have made their wishes clear. This is what to do next. Yeah. Yeah, because we've also got the red god, and we've got the old gods, which are in the trees, which makes yeah. me think that they're related to uh, what Bran is up to. And there's also the many-faced god. Ah, Yes. Indeed. Speaking of which, great no transition. Great transition to uh, to uh, Arya to a girl. A girl has <laughs> no name. Uh, and and a little little. Uh, I feel like there's a little repetition. I thought we kind of covered a lot of this <laughs> last week, but we did get a sweet training montage. <laughs> Maisie sure gets beat up a lot, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. She does. She gets uh, bloodied, and you know her nose gets bloodied, and she's got marks all over her face and all of that. And but it's it's in montage form, right? Where she's fighting and she's learning and growing. There's no cool like uh, pop music playing in the background during the montage. But we do have that <laughs> along with her being asked, not just who or that are you song about the bear that they loved a couple seasons ago. <laughs> yeah, just put that back in there. Um, the EDM version of it. Yes. Um, the- <laughs> oh, Hodor could play it. He's a DJ. You <laughs> yeah. Know. Uh, but also about like her list. They ask about her list and who's on the list. Um, and, uh, so that was interesting. And then they put, they, they zoom in on the hound and she's like, what about the hound? Uh, and, and she gets whacked, I guess, every time she tells a lie and which I thought was really interesting. She got hit when she said she had four brothers and I was like, Oh, maybe they know something we don't. But then she said, John was her half brother and she didn't get hit there. So that wasn't foreshadowing. Yeah. It's just she lacked specificity. Yeah, uh, that, that's the uh, the faceless man version of well, actually, <laughs> <laughs> no, he is a half brother. You and then through the power of getting hit by sticks and yelled at, she turns into daredevil. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. That's uh, how it works. That's how it works. It turns out. No, you drink some water. Oh right, and uh, and uh, you get your eyes back. Ah, so disappointed about that. Yeah. I wanted her to be a blind killing machine for the rest mm. of the series. Alas. Just, just I think she's case. just going to be a sighted killing machine. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I do think where does she where do you think she goes from here, right? I mean she apparently has graduated to faceless man uh, assassin uh, school or she's passed some test here. I think we probably get one or maybe two scenes of her carrying out a paid for assassination. And then she gets assigned to kill somebody either on her list 
or that she doesn't want to kill like Sansa or something. Mm. Either way, I expect she eventually gets to make one big plot relevant murder, like maybe Ramsey, mm. and then gets killed herself. Interesting. Uh, I don't think she makes it to the end. Yeah, I think I that that doesn't that doesn't seem unreasonable to me. Um, I do wonder if there are motivations behind the House of Black and White that we don't know now. Um, but they seem like like could they say, well, actually, something has just happened, and now we need to use you to further this thing. But it seems to me like it's the House of Black and White. They 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 really are here to not not interfere in the greater scheme of things. Just yeah. kill people. <laughs> they see the world in terms of black and white. Mm. They, I think they just exist to kill people. I yeah. don't think they have a deeper thing going on. Yeah, so so you're right. She's going to get assigned something that's either going to test her uh, ability to follow it and does she make a break for it or something like that, or um, or is she present at some key event somewhere um, disguised to somebody else? That's the other thing they could do because they can, they can assume the faces is we could like not see her for a couple of weeks. And then there's a key moment somewhere where something happens and it turns out this character we've been looking at is actually Arya in, yeah. uh, in disguise. So yeah, magic. Turns out that car Stark that's been standing next to Ramsey the whole time, actually Arya Stark. Actually Arya. Amazing. Amazing. Hey, long con. you are great at transitions tonight. <laughs> I may or may not be looking at my notes. You're on all cylinders. Uh, that's a way of telling me, well, let's go to Winterfell, where where uh, small John Umber is there to insult Ramsay's <laughs> father. Uh, insult Ramsay, insult the car Starks, insult the idea of kneeling or taking oaths. So but, he also mentions oath breaking. Yes, that's true. That's true. Um, but, or, or not even bothering to take oaths. Yeah. Uh, but he does say that, you know, your, your father swore an oath to, um, to, uh, John Snow. No, Rob. To Rob Stark. Yeah. And, uh, how'd that go? How'd that work out? Um, so, but he brings Ramsey a gift. And I'm thinking, oh, geez, who's this going to be? You know, it's not going to, there's no way it can be Sansa, but who's it going to be? And it's the the Wilding and Rickon. Yes. Remember Rickon? You didn't remember Rickon last week. I totally remember Rickon and Shaggy Dog. I assume Shaggy Dog's okay? Um, I got some bad news for you. <laughs> no! Shaggy Dog's head is the proof that this is Rickon. Uh, these direwolves have really not played out all that well. They no. were such a big deal about them super early on and now all, but, well... Two. Ghost is alive, and one of them was run off and hasn't been seen again. Yeah, Nymeria, I think. Yeah. Which nice is, job. Yeah, that's the that's the one that in the books in the books that's actually my favorite thing about um, the direwolves in the books is uh, Arya loses her direwolf, right? Right. And um, and she has her adventures, and she goes over to the Faceless Men and all of that. Um, but throughout the rest of the book, people keep hearing reports second or third hand about uh, a direwolf or a large wolf that's in the sort of like middle of Westeros and it is seen and it like attacks animals and it it's it's spotted like word yeah. is there that there's a direwolf that's that's much further south than you'd expect roaming around killing things. And uh, it's it's kind of great because everybody knows that that is 
Arya's direwolf that is uh, just it's still out there. The uh, Nymeria is 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 still out there roaming around. Whether that will ever be anything other than a fun thing that it's roaming <laughs> around out there, I have no idea. But it is fun. And then Ghost is with John. Well, in the books, Ghost is a constant companion of John. And yes. in the show, he's uh, Ghost spends most of his time in the kennels. Let's say, yeah, he's around. He 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 gives John a look in this episode, and that's yeah. it. Um, so, but Rick, isn't it? Shouldn't he have jumped up on John? Like, ah, 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 yeah, welcome should, back, daddy. He's trained, he's trained to stay off mm. of all the furniture. Uh, <laughs> but Rickon, yeah. So we had that moment of, uh, of, uh, Rickon, he's a lot bigger and he's a Stark and now he's in Ramsey's possession. That can't be good. Great. Yeah. I hope we have more scenes of torture Rickon, of, yeah, Ramsey or torturing somebody. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't worry. They'll probably have him torture. The woman. What's her name? Is it I, Helena Bonham Carter? <laughs> it could be. I don't know. I, 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 uh, yeah, I don't want any more. Uh, I'm happy to see Ramsey plotting about how he can use Rickon to further his, pl- his plans, but I, I don't, I, I don't need to see any more torture scenes with Ramsey Bolton. Please. Ah, no. she's Osha. That's right. Osha. Yes. Cause they had to rename Asha to Yara. To not confuse people who yeah. are trying to remember everyone. Yeah, I, I stopped trying to remember everyone a long time ago. But I do remember Rickon. Because <laughs> they went north of the wall and then Bran turned them south of the wall again. Yeah. And then apparently at some point the uh, Umbers got them. And the Direwolf. Well, hey, uh, that takes us all the way back around to to Castle Black, which is sort of a thing that's happened in all the episodes this season because there's a lot of stuff going on in Castle Black. And they set up the gallows for the traitors. Not much of a gallows. You really want a much longer drop for. Yeah, it was not the most efficient, but I mean, in the end, it did the job. Yeah, they and we get and we get that callback to what Ned does in the first episode where he swings his sword to get rid of a, uh, a night watch, uh, uh, traitor. Yeah. And here, you know, John swings his sword as the Lord commander to, uh, get rid of these traitors. Well, I thought Sir Alistair went out well. Yeah. That he's a man of principle and he doesn't begrudge Jon Snow for, uh, executing him. No, I mean he knows he knows that that's the it's like you know you got me you came back from yeah. the dead and and all that but uh, you know he still believes the thing that is dumb which is that the Night's Watch is uh, in existence to protect the people from the wildlings which is not why it's there but that's yeah. his thing he believes that that's what it is he's he's a modern Night's Watch guy and has lost the the thread but he he stands by what he did and I feel bad for Ollie because he never really had a chance yeah. Like the first time we saw him, his parents were being killed by wildlings in front of him. Yep. Then he got to the Night's Watch. He managed to get some revenge by killing Egret, but it's only so long revenge can take you, kid. That's right. So he he had to, he had to go, and he went, and that was it. And then he and then uh, John takes off his uh, his coat and says, "Hey, Dolores Ed, <laughs> this coat's for you." My watch has ended and walks Pace. off. I'm out. Yeah. 
Which I yeah, I suppose is the oathbreaker, although the whole argument here is <laughs> when when somebody dies, they say, and now his watch has ended, because you take the oath to serve the watch until you die. And John died. It's a little bit like Buffy, you know, Buffy dies in Prophecy Girl of season one and then and then Kendra the vampire slayer is called because that's how the slayer thing happens. And so that's what John is doing here. I don't know if he's actively doing that or not. But that's my uh, that's my uh, Night's Watch lawyering is that is that when he says my watch is ended, he he is referencing the fact that and now his watch is ended. He's the first person on the Night's Watch who can actually say he died and therefore he's no longer in the Night's Watch. Yeah. And it probably helps that he's one of the only people to have joined the Night's Watch voluntarily. He's not some guy who got dragged out of prison and told we won't execute you if you go become a Night's Watchman. Right. He doesn't have a sentence hanging over his head. Yeah. So. Yeah. It did look like he was just walking out the front gates, which I don't think is a great plan. No, and I, I assume that what's really happening is that he's got, perhaps even already already planned, but that he and Onion Knight and Melisandre and maybe the Wildlings are going to march on Winterfell? Uh, because we also get that line where where uh, Ramsey says, you know, let let John Snow. Well, I, isn't it like the um, small John Umber says, you know, John Snow and his wildlings could come down here and attack you. Yeah, but I think the wildlings need to stay up there so that when uh, Sansa and Brienne and that crew get up to the wall and say, "We're here to see our buddy John Snow," someone's left behind to say, "Oh, he just left." Yeah, well, you know, uh, Dolores Ed. Yeah, can, can say that. Oh, let me rephrase. Oh, he just left. <laughs> oh yeah. Had to make um, it more dollars. I don't know. I don't know where. Yeah, I don't know where John is. Uh, John is going and what his plan is. I guess that's our. That's our. Uh, that's our cliffhanger. That's the real question: is what what's next for John, um, and is he taking the fight to the Boltons? Because you know there are there there is this massing army. I could you know the Night's Watch by itself is not going to be able to save Westeros from the no. advancing hordes. So you could argue that you've got some people he trusts at Castle Black. John needs to be thinking bigger, right? He needs to go south. He needs to get everybody to shape up and turn their attention <laughs> to the wall, and then come back with in force. Um, and so I assume that's what he's going to do. He's had a pretty hard time. I wouldn't blame him if he took a brief vacation for himself. Like yeah. he's been very dutiful. Yeah, he constantly. Should, if he could go someplace warm where he could get that, because he's got to be feeling really cold after being oh, dead yeah. on a slab for a couple of days and giving up his cool warm coat. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But um, cool. given, you know, Melisandre's visions, I, I assume that, that, that he is going to, I mean, right? That's Are we what still we all, trusting Melisandre's visions? Well, She's, she just brought him back from the dead, so maybe so. Mm. Um, well, where's Stannis at with those visions? Well, she said, oh, no, it wasn't Stannis. It was you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she she flipped, flipped that right over. She's on the Jon Snow train now. <laughs> I, I no longer trust Melisandre to be a competent interpreter no. of her own visions no in fact i would say also that yeah that, that this is what happened to stannis is that he listened to her and trusted her and like yeah maybe not so much but but i mean we all want john to i, I don't think i'm misinterpreting the game of thrones audience in guessing that we <laughs> want john to march back to where he grew up and run through ramsey bolton somebody's gonna run through ramsey bolton yeah 
Yeah, and it better be good, right? I mean, he's really worked up to it, and you don't want it to be that Princess Bride thing where it's like, oh no, he lives. Uh, I don't want that. We all want to see Ramsey get uh, get uh, taken off the board and, and dispatched, and uh, a Stark basically back in charge of uh, of Winterfell. Uh, whether it's uh, whether it's John with the help, of, you know, maybe John seats Rickon there. And sure. so, or or they find you know and they find uh, a Sansa and we end up with so, you know there's some Starks at Winterfell and John uh, you know gets gets that set up and then he can move on to whatever his next mission is to unify people and uh, and get people because I hope that that's John's goal now and that that's uh, that's the Onion Knight's goal now too and Melisandre's goal too is is you know we all know what's happening now. Which is the the those creatures are north of the wall and they're going to come and they're going to try to destroy us. So you know everything that John does from here on out should be to try and 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 lead to that moment. Yeah, that's true. He does have a priority, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. So it's just how you, how you go about uh, going from the wall and you've left you know you've left your cloak behind and the Night's Watch behind, which is fine. And you do have this group of wildlings that you could maybe use as a as a force, but uh, is that enough? And uh, it's a good question. I also, I think it's a since we saw the Karstarks last time and we saw the Umbers this time. I guess there's that also also that question of the Bannermen. Like, are there loyal Bannermen to the Starks that John could go get? I wouldn't trust anybody's loyalty yet by this point. Yeah. There's been enough red weddings and stuff. Yeah, although everybody's got to hate the Boltons, right? I mean, really, they've got to hate the Boltons. Yeah, but like, if you were, you know, sworn to Ned Stark, and he died, then you swore to Rob Stark, and he died, and then Jon Snow comes in and says, uh, yeah, I'm uh, Ned Stark's bastard. What do you say you sign on with me? Well, but I got I got his daughter here, too. Mm. Yeah, and we're going to take, we're, yeah, I don't know. It's a tough, oh. tough it's going to be tough just coming back from the dead. You know, it's not all going to be easy for Jon Snow from yeah. here on out. He's got a lot of work to do. Okay. You go ahead and take Winterfell and then send us a raven and we'll see what we think. Yeah. All right. All right. Bannermen, they're the worst. All right. Do you have any other uh, interpretations of Oathbreaker? Uh, I think there's a sword named Oathbreaker, possibly in a Michael Moorcock book. That's, uh, that's true. Because the, the one in here is Oathkeeper. Oh yeah, but uh, and there was an episode called Oathkeeper, but this is Oathbreaker, so it's totally different. Yeah, I think I think you know this is about this is probably about John. Although in Robert's Rebellion, there were a whole lot of Oathbreakers too. Um, oh yeah, and of course Jamie being the Kingslayer, that's the original Oathbreaker. But um, but yeah, John walking out on the on the Night's Watch is uh, is very interesting, and I'd like to hear his explanation for it. But we're gonna have to wait. My watch yep. has ended. That's. That's, you know, John's not taking any questions. <laughs> That's it. He, you've heard a statement. <laughs> That's all we have to say right now. Uh, you know, check back tomorrow and we'll let you know if we have more to say about what, what John's statements are. Yes. All right. Well, so, uh, so th- I, that's it for this week. Now, next week, uh, I think neither of us will be here. That is the plan. Yes. The, the plan, because we're going to be playing Dungeons and Dragons next Sunday, is to not have like an extra <laughs> five. Game of Thrones wasn't. 
Watching Game of Thrones, not nerdy enough. Not, we had to raise it a level. Yeah, exactly right. But I mean, and more to the point, after you after you're podcasting for three and a half hours, the last thing you really want to do is podcast for another hour. On top of that, so we're hoping that fresh. <laughs> What's your record for podcasting in a day, Jason? Just well, in terms is, of time. This is my third podcast today. <laughs> I had a two-hour podcast, a, an approximately three-hour podcast, and then this is one hour. So, so I, I this is hour six of my podcasting for a sun. It's a Sunday though, Monty. So I got all I got plenty of time. But uh, but we got a you know what we've got a fresh minted uh, college graduate to to uh, take over for us next week, Mr. Brian Hamilton. Brian Hamilton, yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's like a BA or BS or something. He's a bachelor of something or other. <laughs> we didn't ask. We no. I'm I I trust him. He he doesn't need to show me his diploma. I believe him. So uh so Brian should be back with a hopefully a special guest of some sort. I've got a list of people who are interested in being on. We'll work it out with Brian and and uh something will uh something will happen next week, but you know, we'll be we'll be back at a later time and uh it'll be fun to watch an episode of Game of Thrones and not talk about it for once. Yes. <laughs> it happens occasionally. All right. Well, thanks to everybody out there for listening to the TV Flashcast of Game of Thrones. And of course, always thanks to Monty Ashley for being on the uh, podcast. Thanks, Monty. Thank you, Jason. And I'm Jason Snow. And I thank you all for listening again. Good night. Good night.